There's some people who say that I don't have a heart at all. Why would they say that? Because they know me well. Hi, everyone, and welcome to One True Pairing. I'm Marissa. I'm Erica. This week, we're talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. Ah, it's a terrible noise. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have a visceral reaction to this book. Are you going to see Fifty Shades Freed? Um, probably not. But in honor of it releasing a couple weeks ago, we are going to talk about Fifty Shades today and the whole series. Okay. I can totally, I've only read the first book, but I know enough about the following two books that I feel like I can kind of speak intelligently to them. And I did hate watch both movies that are available. I waited until they were on cable because I didn't want to pay for it, but I totally hate watched both of them. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack with this book. We're going to talk about what it's done for reading for the romance community, but we're also going to talk about how messed up some of it is. <laughs> like, it's super messed up. We're going to discuss the different bad relationship angles that this book promotes. Christian Grey is basically the ultimate fuckboy, and I am going to explain to you why I think this thing. And I love everything that it's done for romance. Too. So we're gonna hit on we're gonna hit on all of those themes here. Yeah, and then we're gonna wind down with you know maybe some advice for if you ever encounter your own Christian Grey and what to do. I already know it, but it's cool. We'll we'll dig into the book first, and then I would totally tell you what I think. Marissa's will be a lot more. It'll be better. <laughs> <laughs> You've not read Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Um, I have not read it. I've also seen one of the movies. I had champagne in the movie theater to get me through it. <laughs> nice. But tell me about it. I will give you the Cliff Notes version. Okay. And I'm really not trying to dumb it down. It's actually, it's Can done so many. I don't want to dumb <laughs> it down. Basically, you've got this girl, Anastasia Steele. She is in college, if I'm remembering correctly. And she goes to interview Christian Grey as a, so as a, Favor to a friend. Like, her friend okay. is trying to become a journalist, and her friend gets really sick, or she's hungover, or something like that. So she goes to Anna and tells her, can you do me a solid and go interview this, like, crazy rich tycoon? She goes to interview. Yes, because this happens in <laughs> does, day-to-day life. Does she know how to interview? Like, is she also writing? No. Okay. No. She wants to She wants I don't to think that's a skill that you just, like, automatically have. Well, I guess her, her friend had, like, questions drafted up, I All guess. Right, so okay. she gave them to her and was like, please go do this because I'm dying. Okay. So she goes. And she meets Christian Grey, who is also very young, like, in his mid-20s and, again, is, like, stupid rich. Okay. Ridiculously rich. Like, owns a whole building and a helicopter and all sorts of craziness. Which, up until this point, I am on board. Right. Because the beauty of romance is just suspension of disbelief. Literally right. anything can happen in the books. You want your hero to have a helicopter. Yeah. And if he doesn't, go home. Yeah. Basically. So he, they meet. She goes to do the interview. He's immediately taken with her. Of course. Again, I'm still totally on board with this bug. She leaves. He's, like, trying to get her to go on a date with him. She, he's very aggressively pursuing her. She works in a hardware store. He shows up there, to, you know, to, like, buy rope. Okay, so, like, this is where, I, you know, I've seen the movie. Yeah. That like scene this is, is so awkward because if a man shows up at your hardware store and buys all the things that a serial killer would buy, I feel like you're you're turned off a little. You might you be a little be. turned. You should be. If you're not turned off a little, then something's wrong with you. Yeah. I mean, the only thing he didn't have in his cart was, like, a shovel. That we know of. That we know of. He probably already has eight shovels. He he's may a millionaire. Have, and he's got a gigantic duplex in the sky. Right. It's maybe a triplex. I don't know. So finally gets her to go on a date with him. He's her first. So that's the other thing. Okay. She's this girl's in her 20s and she's never had sex before. Okay. He is her first. It could have been beautiful, but 
he brings her to completion, and I don't know if this is just me being this is a the first sad. date. First, first time they have sex, she like orgasms a million times. Okay, that's a real suspension of belief there. Yeah, and they've they've been on like two dates. Okay, and they have sex. Okay, I mean, so, no judging. No judging. There's some very, very, very light BDSM here. Okay. As they start dating, he starts bringing her slowly more into his world, but he also starts exhibiting a lot of really kind of stalkery, aggressive tendencies where he buys her a laptop and he buys her a cell phone so he knows where she's at all the time and he's got a driver that takes her places. Oh. And on its face, it sounds like fun. Like, oh, yeah, please buy me all these things. But then... Are you buying me this phone so you can GPS my ass and you know everywhere I'm at? That's creepy. It's super creepy. And it just gets worse. So she's got this friend who is an artist and took pictures of her. He goes to the show. And this is when I think, if I'm remembering it right, they kind of break up the first time. Okay. Is this a male friend? This is a male friend. Okay. Because he gets stupid jealous of this guy. Oh, so annoying. Yeah, but then conveniently, this guy actually does have designs on her. Okay, well. She's amazing, so obviously everyone oh, has yeah, to love everything her immediately. Is, everything's beautiful about her. She is the most perfect human. And then I think her boss hits on her, and to get rid of Dirty Boss, he buys the company and then puts her in charge of it, because that that's how publishing works. the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like, she literally goes <laughs> from being an editorial assistant to the fucking VP president publisher of this company, because he bought it and gave it to her. Because you know everything about running a publishing house. I after do. After four days at work. <laughs> I do. Four days after starting my first job, I was like, yeah, You're I ready. can totally run this. Where was your husband buying you the company? Not buying me the company, because he sucks. <laughs> Sorry, Ron, you don't suck. But <laughs> he loves you. So blah, blah, blah. Strife, strife, strife. Miscellaneous things are pulling them apart. He's like, I love you, but I have all these interior demons, so I can have all this sex with you, but I don't want to be emotionally attached to you. And he's kind of like pulling her and then pushing her away and then pulling her Classic fuck and boy. then pushing her away. And then at the end, she finally just breaks up with him because the BDSM goes a little too far. Okay. And it's the one point in the book where I was cheering like, yes, queen, thank you, finally. Right, know your limits. And yeah, like, but then in the second book, they get back together. Of course. So, and also, am I right, he like presents her with a contract? Yes, yes. At the beginning, he presents her oh with a God. sex and dating contract. If that doesn't get you going, all the paperwork, if that doesn't make you just... He sends it to her. Drop your panties immediately. I don't know what what, what it does. <laughs> and it's, it's very, very detailed. Like, these are your hard outs. You like hard spanking, soft spanking. Do you want to be tied up? Do you want to be put in stocks? Um, I, I don't guess know. it's good to, like, talk about that stuff. But a contract just seems like the least romantic way to, like... A contract is super unsexy. Yeah, I feel like that should just be a conversation. And, like, if you're, in, if you're into that, then you should be able to talk about it and not have to put it in, in writing. Ink. Yeah, in writing. So that's the Cliff Notes version okay. of Fifty Shades of Grey. And then in Fifty Shades Darker, like I said, they get back together and then they get married. But then, like, a creepy chick from his past comes back. You, I think in the first book, you actually find out there are all these other issues and it's why he <laughs> such a damaged soul and there were so many reasons why like you kind of want to root for him but I just could not there were so many things about him where I was like no you are damaged beyond anybody's well, we talked about this. like we like the redemption story we like a guy who you know maybe is a little bit of bad boy but like redeems himself and learns how to like love himself and thus can love a woman better or a man better yeah but I think my biggest issue with it is just the portrayal of like BDSM as a problem, as oh like God, as, yes. as like a result of a hard life or abuse or like anything like that. I think that's what gets me well, the most upset about it. You know, in the last book, they start having quote unquote vanilla sex because she's cured him of his need yeah. to like dominate. That's awful. Which is garbage. <laughs> that's not true. That's awful. If that's who you are, if that's what turns you on, then 
then you like then it. Then you like it, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, and you should be able to express it. It shouldn't be something that your partner has to, like, work out of you because of your emotional abuse, like, yeah. in the past. Like, that's crazy. I think before we go any further, we should define BDSM. But first, a quick ad break. So I just Jumped got really, <laughs> I just got really excited about defining BDSM for you guys. Like Marissa might be Tell turning a little red. No, I'm not red. I love it. I had to define BDSM <laughs> in a Mom, sales meeting once, <laughs> and it was pretty great. Me and an editor had to define it to a the one of the heads of sales who was obviously an older gentleman mm-hmm. whose face was just like, no, let's never talk about this again. <laughs> it stands for bondage, domination, sadomasochism, and it can span from. Anything from, like, light tying up. So in the book, Christian's first foray into this with Anna is he ties her up with a silk scarf, which is gentle and fun and, you know, the kind of stuff that most people play with. But it can get deep into, like, whips and chains and ball gags and, And like— blood play. Blood play is creepy, and I don't (laughs) like people who do that. Not judging. (laughs) I'm so judging. I'm sorry. Blood play, if you don't know, is— I don't even know how—if I can just— I mean, it's it's like playing with blood. It's It's like like cutting. Cutting and stuff, but as part of the— release I guess like part of the erotic release yes like this is very far from tantric sex which is more yoga-esque ethereal like finding right. each other on a spiritual plane this is very like down and dirty but in a, I guess you could say that there's and a spiritual th- release there too for you yeah and there's also I mean there's a lot of role playing and you know having a dominant and a sub like there's there's a lot of rules but also like respect in the relationship which i also think the book doesn't demonstrate well is a dominant they get off on on controlling another person but they also want that person to have pleasure and to and to feel safe and all that stuff and a submissive is actually almost somewhat in charge sometimes because of the dominant wanting to make sure they have their pleasure so like he does want her to have pleasure which is great but like just I don't think the I don't think the respect for the actual relationship is in the book. Of no, like, it's not at all because he, the one of the reasons they break up is because he straight up pushes her boundaries. Right now she says going into it like okay I want to give this a test out, but the minute she started hesitating should have been him being like okay we're pulling exactly. back. I'm sorry this is obviously a hard out and that's not what happens yeah. and it's a little it's creepy and that's why I don't think the contract is is really fair because she can say on paper this doesn't work for me right now but when she's actually trying or it does work for me but then when she's trying it if it doesn't work yeah he can't be like oh but you said it wasn't a hard stop that's not fair you and said it like four months ago in a contract yeah. when we first met and I looked at you and was basically like I want to have sex and that's with why you. it should be like an ever-present conversation yeah like every session you know you have or whatever there should be new no there should be new there should be new like conversations every time yeah like i'm so simplifying this more than it should be but it's like figuring out what you want for dinner maybe tonight you want steak maybe tonight you want chicken it needs to be a perpetual conversation it's not here's a piece of paper i signed it we're done now you can you know put me over a what do they call it it's like a saddle horse and spank (laughs) me right marissa's looking at me like (laughs) why do you know all of these i love it i love it you should love it I'm, i'm impressed because maybe I'll bring them I'm to work. Impressed. Not really. Sorry, HR. I will never bring anything like that to work. I don't have those things in my home. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> I should say, we did, Marissa and I, because I am, as you can tell, very kind of anti this book. <laughs> we did sit with somebody who loves this book yes. and told us all about the background of it. And I did appreciate this. So she came from it. So it started as Twilight fan fiction. And she read it in its original form in fan fiction. So she got it like, I think, I don't know, it was like weekly or something. Yeah. She would get like chapter it by chapter. It was digesty. So it sounded like, A, that took away a little of the like 
writing issue of like not noticing how shitty the writing was maybe because you only got small snippets of it and then b you know it, they were va- they were vampires right or no they're not vampires in they're the, vampires in twilight but they're in not twilight, vampires but, in the fanfic yes. i don't think but w- her point was that when it's when it's vampires and there's this paranormal aspect it's a little more understandable why he's aggressive and like protective because yeah. in Twilight she's being chased by all sorts of creatures. So like it makes sense a it's little like an bit animalistic more. Thing. Yeah, there's yeah. more of an animalistic justification for his behavior. But when you drop it into contemporary society, it just becomes creepy. It becomes stalkery. Yeah, and so I think I think maybe that's where it fails me. I, I can appreciate why why she liked it yeah. in its original form a little bit, especially if you were so obsessed with Twilight and you were like, yes, this is what I needed. I mean, full disclosure, I also hated Twilight. <laughs> okay. Well, like, there's I no read the helping first, you. I read the first book and I was like, okay, this is not my favorite thing in the yeah. world, but I'll read the second one and I just could not get through the second yeah. one. And I had all of them and I gave them to my assistant at the time. Yeah. It's like, here you go. I don't want I this. Mean, I mean, I get the justification, but I also feel like Twilight also has horrible representations of a normal relationship. 1,000%. Like, that's your base. If that's the basis for Fifty Shades, then, I mean, what's his face? Sparkly Vampire. What's his name? Edward. <laughs> Thank you. Edward. <laughs> I only remember him as Sparkly Vampire because you that's see him. And, nickname. you know, Cedric Diggory shows up and he's out in the sun. <laughs> and I don't remember that guy. Robert Pattinson. Yes. Okay. He's just always going to be Cedric Diggory to me. But, you know, he's outside and he's in, you know, Forks, wherever Washington that place and he sparkles yeah you know like a Harry Winston right <laughs> and no my I want my vampires to be six five and beefy and hot and, and not up. and not watch you sleep in a weird way yeah no one should ever watch me sleep yeah I'm sure it's not I, like, pretty no people sleeping is not pretty they drool and shit yeah I'm pretty sure Christian watches Anna sleep too I bet he does because I think it was exactly like Twilight so. yeah it's just Twilight without the vampires yeah So I think we should talk about, it obviously is one of the best-selling books of all time. Yeah. Um, Why do you think that people loved it so much? I have a really good analogy for this. I think I told you about this when we had our covert meeting with our Fifty Shades enthusiasts. Yes. (laughs) You could compare, in my opinion, and it might not be popular, romance novels to kind of opiates. Where, you know, you start reading one, and if it's a really good one, all of a sudden you're hooked. And then you're finding other authors in that genre, and it's exciting. It's an exciting, fun discovery. So I felt like Fifty Shades was kind of like the weed of this, which I'm sorry, all my weed weed smokers out there, I don't think that weed is an actual gateway to doing other (laughs) harder drugs. But it's kind of like that. It's the e- it's an easy point. Yes. And you were also at the uh, the peak of the ebook and the e reader. Mm-hmm. Like that was just when they were starting to pinnacle out. The cover was super like there wasn't man boob on it. Right. You could there read wasn't it heaving cleavage. You're a soccer mom in like I don't know New Jersey. You could read this while your kid is practicing, and no one's going to be like, ooh, right? What like no one's giving you judgy McJudger eyes. Right. And I remember my mom read it. Oh, oh and, your mom read it? And I remember her oh, saying... wait, sorry. <laughs> oh, my God, so much cringe. Well, and I remember her saying that, like, her friends being like, wait till you get to chapter four, whatever oh, whatever, no. whatever chapter it was that was, like... Did you switched. shower immediately after that? I didn't... See, I didn't read it, so I didn't even know how bad it was that she Dude. read it. <laughs> but, but, like, but I love also... I, this is what I do appreciate about it, is that it did, as you're saying, introduce so many people to romance. Oh, yeah. Give them a book that they could read in public, that they could talk about with their friends that got such crazy word of mouth. 
and that introduced them to new romance. So, like, my mom's always read a lot more, like, classic romances, you know, like, Nora Roberts yeah. or authors like that. that so not, like, stupid sexy. Like, not, we're, like, we're crazy talking about, sexy. Like, yeah. yeah. But this, even though it's gross, it's my mom. I still love that, like, it's giving her an outlet to read about different kinds of romances and sexuality and stuff like that that... Every woman deserves. I don't know even why it's if making me your feel mom. so squirrely because my mom, my mom reads romances yeah. a lot, like, and she reads the dirty ones. Right. I went to Mexico with her once, and my whole job was to bring <laughs> in my carry-on books for her to read, and she took the dirtier ones from right. me, and it was gross and not great. <laughs> she and, stole uh, them from you. Mad squirrely, mad squirrely. I'll get over it though. But it's it's nice that it's great that it opened that door for people. Yeah. And it's nice that it showed how large an industry romance is because it's so it's so like looked down upon by hoity toity people. And romance is the red lipstick of book publishing. It is. And you need it a red really, lipstick. It really is. It is the red lipstick of book publishing. It's a perpetual seller. Mm-hmm. Women always buy romance novels. And there are books that women will say, no, this isn't a romance novel. It's women's fiction. No, bitch, you're reading a romance. Right. And that's fine. And there's nothing to be ashamed about. But I think Fifty Shades opened that door for everyone to just be like, no, I actually like romance. This is awesome. And I'm proud of it. And I'm proud of it. Yeah. I just wish it had been a book that I think educated people better about a certain type of romance. I love Tiffany Rice. I don't know if you've read her series. I have not. She, like, comes from the lifestyle. And I don't think an author has to have participated in BDSM to do it authentically. I think you have to do a lot of research to really get it right. Yeah. But Tiffany has lived that lifestyle. And so all of her books, they're very intense. Like, they, there is blood play. There is – it's a lot of pushing boundaries and stuff. But you can just feel the respect for it, and you can feel that it's not this, like, watered-down fantasy version of it. This is actually how dominants and submissives deal with these things. Sylvia Day actually also does a really good job with that, and I don't pretend to know whether or not she's was part of the lifestyle or in it or whatever. But Bared to You, I remember, came out... I think a year or two after Fifty Shades of Grey, and I was just flabbergasted. Like, how is every woman in America reading Fifty Shades of Grey when this amazing example of what an actual traumatized couple dealing with this kind of abuse, like how they actually deal with this kind of thing, how they very healthfully go through, you know, sexual trauma and dealing with it as a couple and BDSM play all at the same time, beautifully written, and Gideon is literally a hundred times hotter than Christian Grey. <laughs> like, literally a hundred times hotter. And I feel like, and I haven't read those, but I feel like those, he might still have that, like, alpha aggression, but it, is it channeled the right way? Oh, yeah. It's not channeled as, like, creepy stalker. He doesn't ever, he doesn't ever come across as a creepy stalker. Yeah. Like, Gideon, to be fair, he meets Eva in an elevator. She's interviewing for a job in a building that he owns. And he basically tells her he wants to fuck her. Like, let's base those. They're like the first words that he says. <laughs> but there's nothing really stalkery about yeah. it. And she also, like, she takes Krav Maga classes and she's all about self defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she takes care of herself. Her parents kind of help her out a little bit financially because mm-hmm. they're rich, but she's got this great job and she wants to make it on her own. And no one's really handing her anything. And yeah. it's kind of great to see. So you've got this really empowered female character in this one book. But then you've got Anastasia in Fifty Shades of Grey, who's kind of a Mary Sue. Right. Do you know what a Mary Sue is? You can define it. Okay. So a Mary Sue is kind of like this be-all and end-all sweet character that's constantly being saved. Okay. I guess is the best way that's to describe way it. That's a good way to describe yeah. her. <laughs> so that's Anastasia Steele. Like, she's being rescued all the time. And she's impossibly naive for someone her age. There are moments where he touches her boob and she's like, holy crap, he touched my boob. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> Stop. You're 25. <laughs> 
don't act like somebody hasn't touched your boob before. Right. And then all the perpetual talk of her inner goddess, which right. was just incongruous for me with somebody who was super naive. Like, yeah. what do you know about your inner goddess if you've right. never had sex before? Yeah, exactly. Who gave you that phrase? Because it's awful. <laughs> it is really bad. And I also think, I feel like there are much better representations of BDSM in other books. Name your top three. Name your top three better. Top three. If you're going to stay in BDSM, I would say The Siren by Tiffany Rice. Awesome. I would say really anything by Cecilia Tan. She's another author who has lived in the lifestyle and openly talks about it. And so her books reflect that. Um, I can't think of another one. But there's so many, I'm sure. I can think of so many. Go ahead. Well, Sylvia Day, Bear to You, number one. J.C. Burton is great, although her BDSM is very light. Tara Sumi is also really Mm -hmm. good. That submissive series was just, like, tremendous. See, now I said that. Now I'm like, ooh, Ronnie Loren. Although hers are a little more, like, three-way. That's a whole other segment. I love that you're giggling right now. There's a whole other segment. Yeah, but there's, like, there's BDSM in there that just happens to also be another dude. Right. I, but that's what I'm saying. There's so much to romance. And so I can appreciate that hopefully these people read Fifty Shades and then jumped to Sylvia Day and then jumped to someone else and are learning all kinds of things. So really, at the end of the day, E.L. James, much as I personally did not like the books and, again, hate watch the movies, I mean, uh, Dakota Johnson, they have zero chemistry. I always want to say Dakota Fanning. And I do, super too. not right. It's so <laughs> not right. And I don't mind Dakota Johnson as an actress because she was awesome in that movie with um, How to Be Single. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's uh, great with, in that um, movie. Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Yes. She's awesome in that movie. But she and the male lead, zero chemistry. Yeah, that was an issue for me, too. A, first of all, he is so much hotter in the fall, which is an awesome show on Netflix where he plays a serial killer, which tells you a lot about my taste. But I he, was going to say, you're here talking about how this book is mad stalkery. He's bearded and he has his, I think he's Irish. And so he's just like full on the actual hot version of Jamie Dornan. And then in this, he's just, he looks, he looks like the bad kind of serial killer if there is such a thing. Like the Ted Bundy he, style. Yeah. And he's like, like his eyes look dead. You can just tell he does not want to be there. And so, yeah, I think their chemistry really suffered There's from that. zero chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. But before I got sidetracked, E.L. James, big thank you to that book. Yeah. Because as much as I personally didn't like it and I didn't like the movies, even though I did hate watch them, I will hate watch Fifty Shades Free when it's on cable. It opened the door to so many different romances and opened people's eyes to different kinds of books that they could read and enjoy. So Exactly. I, I feel like as much as I didn't like the book, I feel like you still kind of got to ship it. I don't ship them as a couple, but I feel like you got to ship the book. I agree. I would right? say for shipping or skipping, you ship, ship, you ship it for the sake of romance. Yeah. Yeah. You ship it for the sake of romance. Do you ship Anna and Christian, though? No. Hell no. Skip over that. Now, what would your dating advice be? Get like, the what would, fuck out of there. Yes. <laughs> run, bitch. Run I'm for sorry. your life. If, if a, like you said, it's like it the all movie version of off, Get Out. Run away. <laughs> it all starts off lovely enough. Buy a lady a nice dinner. Yeah. Give her a gift if you want. But when you start buying oh, her lap job. buying her things like laptops that you can like use to stalk her with or Cell phones. you know, getting involved in her career, like sending cars to get her everywhere. Yeah. It's just like helicopters. You're trying too hard. You're trying too hard. And like she probably would have boned him anyway. Like she probably would have. She was a freaking twenty five year old virgin right. who says holy crap all the time. What right. does she know? I just think Oh god, that was awful. I just think if you're in that situation, run. Go home. Run. Or if you've gone on on a couple of dates and all of a sudden he presents you with like an iPhone 10. No. No, there's a, there are so many strings attached to that. No, so many strings. This is when you shake your head like Consuela on Family Guy and you're like, <laughs> no, Lemon Pledge. No. Run. 
And if you get a contract yeah. on, like, day four of your, of your relationship, <laughs> of your it's relationship. also time to go. Also time to go. Or review it with your lawyer, but, you know, don't, you have a lawyer si- on don't sign anything until you've looked at it with a lawyer present, I think. Oh, yeah, third party, 1,000%. And also, like, does he have friends? Like, does she get to meet any of his friends? No, I don't think so. She meets family in book two, I think. She meets his creepy, like, stepmom. Okay, a whole other book. I think that's an issue, too, of, like, if a man is doing semi-stalkerish things, presenting you with contracts, at least meet some friends so you can see if he's, (laughs) like— if he's normal. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. But you don't meet any of—I don't think you meet any of his friends. He's very much a loner. Red flags all over the place. All the red flags. So, basically, our dating advice off of Fifty Shades Mm -hmm. is run away. Yes. Really fast. Put on your trainers and go. So I think that wraps up this week. Thank I think you. we I think we put Fifty Shades to bed. I think so. Aggressively. Yeah. But like a bed in an attic where we're never looking at it again. <laughs> I'm really sorry to everyone who loved that book. Don't fight us. But <laughs> yeah, do please follow don't us, us on Twitter. We are at OTP underscore pod. If you want to tell us that you thought it sucked and Fifty Shades is awesome, please feel free. We welcome the feedback. Yes. So rate, comment, subscribe, and we will see you soon. Yeah. We'll not see you. You'll hear from us. You'll hear us. (laughs) You'll hear from us. And we'll see you on social, I guess. So cheers to that. Cheers to that, indeed. 